0: International
1: Folks, welcome back to another episode of I Learned Nothing, a philosophy podcast for idiots. My name's Pat Dean. I'm a comedian here in Austin, Texas. And, and I an idiot. And a total idiot. I'm <laughs> thirsting for knowledge, Ben.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Ben, I am so eager for knowledge. Yeah. Like, I, like I, want it all, I want it
0: dripping all over me. Yeah, all over your face? I want that knowledge deep inside me. Well... <laughs> to where knowledge goes. Uh, well, X, go and give it to you. I'm also known as X. My yeah. name is Ben X Cholak. Um,
1: <laughs> Benny a, X. Yep. Benny the X.
0: Uh, Pop Daddy. Uh, number one. Number one. <laughs> professor of philosophy from Princeton University. So
1: you're 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 going to te- You're you're here to teach me a little bit about philosophy. You actually recently got your tenure from Princeton University. Yeah, just recently. <laughs> you you uh, commute there from Austin. It's a little bit weird. <laughs> and you have <laughs> yep. decided to celebrate it by teaching your hopeless, derelict, handsome friend Pat a little bit. About philosophy. That's that's so generous of you.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh you know I think it's a, a generous thing to do, a, a charitable thing to do. This you, uh yeah counts as community service for me. Um, you give back. Um, yeah, give back. Um, for kind of getting me yeah, out of you, jail. Yep, crimes yep. against humanity. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> yep. of crimes against humanity, interesting you brought that up. Oh, because the because the 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 lady, the lady philosopher we're talking we about today. We
1: decided, you know, Ben's whole thing is uh, I mentioned to Ben the other day, you know, it's kind of effed up. We've only had one female philosopher really that i don't even count her as a philosopher that we've gone into in depth and ben's reaction i think you said something like yeah i'm ben i love the patriarchal society we live in something like that i don't i don't slander cool yeah i can't i I can't quote you exactly (laughs) what you
0: said was uh, and you you said
1: i'll defend that quote no you said
0: is uh uh you came up to me i remember it differently you came up to me and then you said um just apropos of nothing with no context you just said find me a woman and I was like, what do you mean? And yeah. then you later on kind of went on to say, oh, because we haven't really talked about a woman yet.
1: What's awkward is that clearly that quote I, that I attribute to you is clearly fake, but I actually <laughs> did
0: say that to you. Said, <laughs> I that said, said, said find me a woman. Ben, I said it and I meant it. Um, well, I Who found you. Who are we talking you, about today? I found you quite a woman. Uh, quite she, a lady? Quite a lady. Okay. Yeah. Who's that lazy? Who's that lady? Jesus. All right. That's <laughs> no, not your first language. Um, it's not. Uh, Luck her name be is a lady. Will luck be uh, yeah, Hannah hard. Arendt? Who? Hannah Arendt. Now, what is this lady's problem? She doesn't have it. Well, actually, she has several problems. One, really? she's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate problem. It's the ultimate problem. I think that's what Shakespeare called the ultimate problem. Yeah. The ultimate bummer. The other uh, problem was that she was Jewish. Uh,
1: <laughs> Why is that a problem? Well,
0: because of the third problem. What? Which is, you? Uh, people, she, people like you? No, she lived in Germany during World War II. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. a
1: logistical nightmare.
0: Yeah, a bit. Just a bit. Uh, it actually led to, um, basically it, it influenced her entire philosophy uh, going forward. Um, but yeah, mm. we're talking about Hannah Arendt. She's a German uh, German Jewish philosopher who ended up uh, immigrating to the United States, uh, got citizenship in 1951, and... The rest is history. The rest is history. It's the
1: best country in the world. Best country in the world. They couldn't save her from her untimely death, but
0: it is... Yeah, well the- actually, she, she, she lived an alright, like, lengthy life. She died at 69... <laughs> five, hell man. yeah um we just, so yeah, we just high-fived uh to hannah rent dying at 69 to, to her death um <laughs> okay so i actually so here's why i'm kind of excited to talk about her is because you get um, to talk
1: to your friend pat again
0: yeah uh i get we're to friends. do this we're friends you and me
1: ben we're friends i not took a that, shower
0: not only that but we're colleagues I took a shower. I'm so clean for you. Buddy. Yeah, you did take a shower. <laughs> I took a shower for you. And then you, uh, I got here while you were still drying off, and you peeked your head out yeah, still wet in your robe. And you said, hey, I'm just going to dry off. Like, I didn't know how showers worked.
1: Well, oh, <laughs> sorry that I respect you so much. I decided to clean my entire body from when
0: you came over. It's funny that, like, when my dad visited a few years ago, you got oh, out of yeah. the shower then, too. And it's like you have this proclivity to uh, sh- show your almost nude b- body to... More than one generation of chola.: <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. When your father visited, he did
1: happen to catch me in yeah. a bathrobe. Caught me. Yeah. Which is upsetting.
0: It was upsetting. Yeah. Um, not as upsetting as the Holocaust.
1: Yes. And we're
0: going to get into that. That is an upsetting thing. It was an upsetting thing. Um, so let's kind of talk about Hannah Arendt and her life first, and then we'll get into her old philosophy. How's okay. Who is she? Lay it on me. Okay. Hannah Arendt was born in 1906 in Hanover, Germany. Wow! All right, uh, she studied under some pretty famous philosophers: uh, Husserl, Heidegger, Carl Jaspers. You wouldn't know any of these people,
1: yeah, but say real heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh the yeah. Carl Jaspers. Yeah. His name's Carl Jaspers.
0: Well, Jaspers. Jaspers? Yeah. pronounce it? Yeah.
1: That sucks. What's his philosophy? Uh,
0: Being an old man. Kind of. Well, also existentialism. Ugh. Yeah. The so worst. everyone kind of thinks of Sartre that that goofy-eyed frenchman everyone does I as, do. the All main, time. as the main existentialist i but, can't stop thinking about him well a lot of people couldn't especially the ladies <laughs> speaking of ladies hannah of <laughs>
1: so what's her deal she's in germany
0: well so there's a lot of funny, funny stories about her so okay so she um uh lived in germany studied got her phd in um philosophy hmm. from university of heidelberg and then like 1933 rolled around right and then uh you know that whole thing with that guy
1: Awkward, right? Happened. Real yeah. awkward,
0: yeah. <laughs> you could call it awkward. That would Man, be like the start of it.
1: But, like, seriously, think. Of, put put yourself in her shoes. Mm-hmm. She wakes up, turns on her German TV.
0: Her, I don't think they had TV back then. Radio.
1: Well, whatever. So that that's what I call German TV, yeah. is, is radio. She turned on her German Skype. And so she's Skyping around. <laughs> Wi-Fi's going crazy. Yeah. Uh, she turns on the radio. Who is it? It's Hitler. Yeah, Hitler. And he's saying all this wild stuff. And she's like huh, that's no good.
0: Yeah. And then he's
1: like, yeah, we should also, you know, eradicate the Jews. And she's like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah, she's that's like, that's mean. weird. That,
1: I mean, what would you do if you were her? I'd well, be so upset. Obs- what if you were... She what left. You were-
0: this is what she did, which is oh. smart.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was really
0: smart. Yeah, she and her family left. No wonder she's got a PhD. Yeah. Yeah, she's a smart cookie. Um, she, uh, she and her family kind of, you know, got the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> um, like, as soon as he took power, basically. They moved to France. And she settled France. in France and Paris, yeah, for a little while, up until um, 1940, when uh, France just all of a sudden decided to suck at war. Can
1: you imagine how mad you'd be? You escaped Germany. Mm-hmm. You're like, hell yeah, that was dicey there for a second, but I got out. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Now I'm in the safe, warm the- embrace of France. Mm-hmm. And then a year later,
0: yeah. they're done. i One- they like,
1: oh, fuck. What am I doing now?
0: Um. Well. So then, you can't get
1: away from this guy.
0: So finally, she decides. All right, I'm done with these fucking European cucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving to a place where they can't fuck with me anymore. Yeah. Hell yeah. So she, guess what
1: they call that country, Ben? The United States of America. The stars yeah. and stripes. Stars and stripes. These
0: colors don't run, my friend. Mm-mm. No, they don't. Stars uh, and stripes forever, bitch. Bitch. All right, so let's lay off the term here because we're, t- we're talking about a lady here. Uh, right. uh,
1: yeah, and her name is the United States of America, friend. So take your goddamn hat off when I talk about her.
0: I'm <laughs> not wearing a hat.
1: No, because I'm talking about the United States of America. So you took it off because you have respect. So what happens? So she shows up. She's in America. She's eating hot dogs, pizza.
0: She's eating hot dogs, pizza. She's, um, you know, yeah, watching baseball. Um, Hell yeah. You know, suing people left and right. <laughs> <laughs> um,. <laughs> because <laughs> we're, we're an the overly way. litigious society. Man, um, man, rules. So she, um, yeah. So she moved to the United States, and uh, she basically just became a full-time professor and, and like lectured at different institutions. Um, and eventually, she settled at this place called the New School, which is in New York City. So she lived in New York City, and then um, that's pretty much it. That's where she died. Okay. But she she like te- taught at a lot of uh, other universities before okay. that. So she died es- in 1976. No, 1975. So she escaped
1: yeah. the Germans twice.
0: Yes. So rules. Yeah. Yeah, it rules. I mean she rules. She's really cool. She's no she's not an Ayn Rand. She's she's an actual philosopher. You 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 don't like Ayn Rand. I don't think she's a philosopher. I think she's um a like a popular novelist <laughs> and a bad one at that. She has, no, she has absolutely no original philosophical ideas whatsoever. Well,
1: maybe next we can do the philosophy of Fifty Shades of Grey, you know? A popular novel, I guarantee sexy. You,
0: I guarantee you someone has written a book that's like, let's discuss the philosophical aspects yeah. of Fifty Shades of Grey. And I bet it fucking
1: rules. <laughs> I bet it's the best. So, what's, so what's, this, what, what's her deal? What's her philosophy? All
0: right, so and it's, it's kind of complicated. And how? Uh, why and how? Why and how? So she's our morning radio team. Her main thing, her main ideas were uh, basically like uh, the difference between totalitarianism and how it's a fundamentally different form of government than anything that's come before. Okay. And she kind of deals with the effect of modernity and how it's uh, it's kind of warped our subjectivity and how we like see ourselves as actors or agents in in a political world. Okay. All right. So there's way, way more to it than that, but that's kind of like the Dang. the wider scope of it.
1: It sounds like a really deep uh, Facebook status.
0: Yeah, sure. You know, um, I find that philosophers really <laughs>
1: paved the way for these uh, philosophical Facebook status updates that we see now.
0: How many have you seen? What's the I last, see a lot. What's the last one you saw? It's some, you know. I can people, guarantee you, they weren't about Hannah Arendt.
1: No, it was about Antifa. That's a philosophy.
0: Kind of, not really.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It says that, uh, you know, you should hit people on the head.
0: <laughs> right? I think so. That's what it's it is. more of a methodology, I would say, than a philosophy.
1: Well, agree to disagree.
0: So, <laughs> so what's her deal? Okay. Explain um, this, because I, I,
1: I immediately forgot what you just said.
0: Okay, so basically... Something she, about
1: Facebook? He, that was really awkward that you brought that up.
0: Uh, she, she, so, she talked about um, Antifa, and uh, no, she didn't talk about Antifa. <laughs> she uh, talked about, like... The effects of totalitarianism and how everything that happened in the 20th century, um, which she basically witnessed firsthand, uh, is something that's so monumental and earth shattering and like breaks our conception of how we interpret history that we have to like come up with new ways of figuring it out, figuring out what happened.
1: Oh, that's weird.
0: Yeah. Um, like, okay, so I don't even know where to start here. I guess the first part is... Totali-
1: so totalitarianism. <laughs> that, to say, it, say it again. Totalitarianism. It again. There you go. <laughs> you know, Ben, it's it's rough. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's it's hard when the only language you can speak is a language you still can't really speak. It's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's a bummer, dude. It's a second language for you, too. Yeah, my first language is, is love. But... Um, l'amour. L'amour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mostly just hip thrusting. So fucking yeah, so it's fucking disgusting. Pat. So totalitarianism, you can, whatever the fuck it is,
0: totalitarianism.
1: Okay, big deal. Oh, <laughs> it's a I'm, huge deal. It's not. It's that, the biggest deal of well, the 20th century. Is
0: it though? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, what what
1: exactly is it? Define it. Okay, that's a good way to start. It's the 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 idea that the government is gonna f- fuck your shit up bro right
0: (laughs) that's actually not a not an inaccurate way to put it (laughs) hell yeah i'm a Um, tenure yeah uh wait so what do you know when you when i say totalitarianism what is what do you think of
1: i just think of like extreme right-wing fascism
0: right-wing fascism yeah i guess so what about stalinism
1: oh yeah i guess him too yeah i always forget that he's
0: yeah left-wing people yeah, so it's. Le- I forget I, about that. I guess he's considered left wing, but the but the real issue is not that he's left or right. The real issue is the children. What? 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 But anyway, <laughs> so yeah,
1: so what? What I think of, I think of like in like just like the government's in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they got an iron fit, an yeah. iron fist. That's
0: actually a really good way to put it. Yeah. So so Hannah Arendt comes up with this idea of, of totalitarianism as being defined as something that's very different than just an authoritarian government or uh, a dictatorship. Hmm. So dictatorship is not necessarily totalitarianism. A dictatorship could just be anybody who's like, oh, I'm going to be dictator now. I'm, I just need to make sure that I have absolute power over the government, but I'm not going to control your private lives. Like you can basically do what you want. Just don't talk shit about me in public hmm. and it'll be fine. Okay. Um Seems reasonable. Yeah, totalitarianism is takes that to like a, a hyper level where it goes. I'm taking control of the government, but I'm also taking control of the culture, of the economy, of your private life, of what you think, uh, of what you like, are allowed to read, what I- types of ideas you're allowed to have. Weird. Like every single aspect of your inner life is taken over by totalitarianism. Oh,
1: let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Are you in favor of that? No. <laughs> okay. Good. Not either. Yeah. I'd, I'd be upset if you were. Um, so she's saying that that's changed our entire way of, of looking at
0: uh, a government, not just government, but like history and and society. How so? So basically, she says that totalitarianism is a product of modernity of this modern era that we well, have. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. mean, come all right. On. So you're with me? Yeah. I mean, come on, ben. <laughs> ben. Um, so she, she basically says that um modernity kind of led in uh, inadvertently to this process of totalitarianism through various ways. Hmm. And so now it's kind of important to talk about what she thinks of modernity and why that's different than what came before the modern era.
1: Let's learn about it.
0: All right. dude, um, we're fucking
1: learning today, dude. This is like intense learning. You liking this one? Yeah. Cause normally it's just you making me <laughs> mad and then me trying to throw you off. And that's the whole podcast. But now we're actually learning stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Um, so basically, yeah. So when you think of modernity, what do you think of
1: modern day life? I'm uh, talking cars.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I'm
1: talking, uh, well, I guess it'd be different in her context, it'd be different because we're so much more modern now. But I guess car,
0: uh, so cars, yeah, not that much. She's only she, but she died internet, in 75,
1: but with the internet and
0: shit, yeah, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, it's a fucking great point.
1: <laughs> but my point is that. When I think of that, that I think mm. of uh, cars. I think of uh, the internet, people being connected, mm. but in a weird interpersonal way. So yeah. even though we're the most connected we've ever been, it's still like a weird separation, you know. So I think of that. I think of uh-huh. um, just the fact that like there's scarcity, you know.
0: Scarcity. That's yeah. an interesting thing. Yeah. What and do you mean by that?
1: I mean we're there's you know we're running out of supplies, man. We're running out of the world.
0: Oh, running out, out of the world. We're running out
1: of the world. There's That's po- tight. Yeah. There's po- there's the population <laughs> is getting bigger. Yeah. Um, they're probably getting... Some of them are getting smarter. Some of them are definitely getting dumber. Um, but the problem... Global warming.
0: hmm
1: All this stuff. I mean, we're going to run out of uh, uh, so natural So, all the stuff that you just
0: listed. Cars. Um... Uh, global warming, yes. Uh, scarcity of resources, yes. Uh, a growing population that can't be sustained. Mm-hmm. All right, so those sound like they're all caused by the same thing. What do you think they're caused by? People. S- yeah, sort of. Um, I'll, make, right, I'll just say it: industrialization. Hell yeah! So basically, modernity is defined by industrialization, and uh, so she kind of makes this distinction that like before the industrial revolution. Um, there was kind of this distinction between the public and the private sphere. Okay. Where you had, like, the public sphere was, like, where you practice politics. And that's where you, like, you know, uh, you know, people enacted certain uh, changes. Uh, they debated on, like, you know, how to uh, proceed as a society or a country or whatever your, like, unit was. Yes. Right? And then private life, there's private life, right? And then private fucking life Fucking and sucking. Fucking and sucking is part of it. Yeah. yeah. There's... Fucking, huge part of it. Fucking and sucking, eating... Uh, uh, Fucking what you eat, eating what you fuck. <laughs> Dude, some people really do that. Yeah, That's, some people do that. It yeah. was the private sphere, all right? You couldn't interfere with it. <laughs> hey, get the right? hell out of my you private could, sphere, could fuck, man. You suck, and eat whatever you wanted. Dang. As long as you... you so, not... <laughs> this
1: sounds actually pretty great.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, so also... So, the way she defined the private sphere was, was more technical, like... It's based on, like, you know, being able to provide for your private needs. So, sex is included in that. Gross. Um yeah, nasty, but also um, <laughs> nasty, yeah, nasty sex, nasty uh,
1: boundary pushing sex,
0: boundary pushing sex. Yeah, but also like uh, your own sustenance. Like the private sphere was was controlled by um, what she called uh, what's it called uh, like the householders or the or people who kind of were in charge of like feeding their families and making sure that like everyone was taken care of, that there was a roof over everyone's. Someone head. who br- what you're that's saying what is happened. someone who brought home the bacon. Basically someone who brought home the bacon. Yeah, the and th- that bringer. included both men and women. I mean, like women who like reared the children, men who, who you know, farmed or hunted reared. or whatever. Yeah. Hey, I'd love to hang out. I got to rear my children.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to like, I got to just like rear my children. Have for you never heard that term before? No, I have, but it's, it's, it's always just, really it's fun, funny. It's, say, it's funny. Yeah. You know why? Because it sounds, cl- <laughs> it sounds like you're talking about an animal.
0: You know what I mean? It sounds like you're talking about, like,
1: oh, yeah, and then, you know, the...
0: Well, it kind of was back in the day. The female
1: giraffe rears the
0: young. It's like, ugh, gross. Well, yeah, I mean, the mother would rear the children so they'd grow up to become, you know, other farmers. yeah. Yeah. It's almost... I mean, like, children were kind of like livestock back in the day.
1: Yeah, kind of, right?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was something that you would use to, like, make sure that you kept everyone fed. Yeah. And then, like, the more kids you had, the more hands you had to help out on the farm and shit. Right. But it gets more complicated as history goes. But then
1: right? the Industrial Revolution came along, Ben, and it changed everything.
0: So, yeah, the Industrial Revolution happened, and that fucked shit up. Really? Um, it fucked shit up because what happened was it introduces this new uh, realm, this new like, sphere of influence, which uh, rent called uh, the social. It's the social the, so now we have three spheres. There's public life, social life, and, and private Twitter. life. On, t- on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. and then there was a British invasion with the Beatles,
1: and it was—I mean, thousands died. So she's saying, <laughs> "So what?" She, well, you're saying, "Which?" She, so she's saying, mm-hmm. so "This revolution comes along, fucks everything up, everything's screwed, S- we're fucked."
0: S- kind of. It was just—it it fucks everything up because it causes this big problem where now uh, you have this social realm, and the social realm is now up. Basically, it takes. It takes the job of the private sphere, which is supposed to be, like, to make sure that everybody is fed and housed and, like, all these, like, basic essential needs are taken care of. But it's making that public now. Um, Because now the social sphere takes care of everything through, through, like, mass industrialization, through corporations providing everything that you need. Man, these fucking corporations, Ben. Kind of, yeah. And not just – it doesn't necessarily take the form of corporations. It takes the form of –
1: I just hate these corporations. <laughs> name a corporation.
0: Um, Levi's. Hate them. Really? Yeah. You don't like Levi's jeans? Nah, man. What I hate corporations. <laughs> you hate all corporations. I just hate
1: all of them. Name me one good corporation.
0: Uh, How about Apple?
1: Well, name me another
0: one. <laughs> Why not that one? Because I like them. Name me another what? one. <laughs> a corporation I can hate on. Okay, how about... um. Audix.
1: No, they're pretty good, too. I don't know. You know what? I, I think you've convinced me. Fuck, okay. Corporations are kind of tight. So, so what's this what we am talking you. about?
0: I'm not trying to convince you that corporations are tight.
1: Well, you already... Well, you did. I'm you don't just, have to convince me. <laughs> <laughs> you did.
0: Corporations and bureaucracies. Bureaucracies, are. you could probably say, are like the public version of, of, uh, of corporations. Okay. They're both these, these like massive institutions that are, uh, arose in the social sphere. That basically it's not, it's not a place where – it's not public because it's not a, a space where like any real action takes place. It's just meant to preserve like whatever its goals are, which is to – you know, if you're a bureaucracy, it's to do whatever that bureaucracy was for. If you're yeah. a corporation, it's for whatever like your shareholders want you to do. Okay. Um, but the services that they're supposed to provide are private services. Uh, like, you know, we don't farm our own food or hunt our own food anymore. We go to HEB to buy – to buy our groceries, or we go to restaurants to buy our, to buy our shit. Like, yeah, like we're not we don't take care of ourselves anymore. No, we rely on these private institutions, which are you know corporations, to provide for our very public needs. Yeah, uh, like housing too. Like you know you have like public housing departments, or you have like you know these development. Firms that own all these different apartment buildings, you have to pay them rent, like it, it all that is, shit.
1: It is definitely kind of crazy to think about the fact that people used to just build their houses. Yeah, they you build their homes on yeah. land that I guess is just theirs now.
0: Right? Hey, yeah, whose land is it? mine.
1: Why? I don't know. I just I just, I just got here first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what basically, that's how a lot of shit was settled in the United States. Weird. With the homesteading. It's so weird. Like, like you think about that. Like the like. There's just some. Cause I, I like I I look at man. Sometimes I just look at buildings and I'm just amazed. Like how could you do that? Right. You know, it's 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 like it's like and not even like
0: like like you look at like these big ass buildings. Mm-hmm.
1: How do they stay up?
0: <laughs> um well, that's like engineering and... and well, that... And obviously, yes. But my point is that, but like, like it's,
1: it's just crazy and, like, clearly there's a logical explanation. I mean, the guys make it sound like they're guessing.
0: Well, it's an interesting thing to think about because you're like, well, how did... Like, how, how did we organize our resources to build something like that?
1: I don't know. I think about that shit all the time. I yeah. look at things and I just go... if Can you imagine if I was in charge of things? <laughs> Nothing would get done. Like, they, they'd just be like, oh, we need to build this building. Well, how?
0: you like, I don't know.
1: Well, I don't know. Weren't you in charge?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, that's that's okay. So Sucks. actually, this is a really good point. This is a really
1: a, yeah. I know. I'm dude. I'm filled with yeah.
0: good points. You are filled with good points. Filled with it. yeah. You have no idea how to uh, structure them or analyze them no. or put them into a coherent thought process. But well, you know, you do have good points. Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> um. You just need a Princeton graduate <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> to help
1: filter your thought process.
0: Uh. Yeah. A Princeton tenured philosopher. Right. Um. I uh. As a as a philosopher, I can say this. Um. <laughs> uh. So. Uh, that's a good example of like how to think of think of how like modernity has has changed everything because before when people wanted to build something build a huge building that was the public sphere basically everyone who was like in charge of the government or whatever the um the ruling you know element of a particular community yeah They'd be like, all right, so the leaders would get together and they'd decide, like, all right, we need to build this thing, this forum, let's say. Yeah. Uh, so how are we going to do that? So they argue about it. They decide how they're going to allocate a budget. They're going to, like, decide who to hire to, like, do all that shit. It's all coordinated by the public right. sphere. Um, and then the private sphere, no one really had to worry about that. They're You know, you'd just be at home being like, oh, they're building a fucking forum. That's pretty tight. Uh, I don't have to do anything to make that happen but that's cool that they're doing that. <laughs> I'm so
1: glad every time I see yeah. a construction site I'm like I'm so glad I'm not in charge of this.
0: Yeah yeah exactly so now though with the, with modernity and this uh, the birth of the social sphere uh, now the public doesn't, do, doesn't decide it. Now it's determined by private uh, like uh, private motivations or private interests. These fucking fat cats. Fat cats that use public money because that's the only way to really fund this sort of shit Hmm. Um, and they are, do, are building things that are basically just for themselves or they're for, they're for like private uh, needs, like building a supermarket, building a strip mall, building a convention center, building, a, I don't know, an apartment building, like that sort of shit. It's a private organization. When what we really need them to build
1: is a bridge of understanding. Of understanding, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Who do we talk to about that?
0: Barack Obama. Fuck. Yeah. When I was done, but it's right. gone. Yeah. It's gone. Um so that's the thing. So that's the the thing with the social sphere and that's what makes modernity different. Yeah. Is she saying it's bad? She says that there's like really really bad parts to it. Yeah. Um the bad parts about it are basically that now um where the things that we used to be able to take care of on our own, we don't do anymore. We leave them to this weird third party. Yeah. That uh uses like Uh, Like public money Or public influence To get these projects off the ground So now both of the sides that we used to have Public and private Like our own inner lives And like the public sphere Where we could, you know As individuals like decide How we wanted to guide our society Yeah Those two things are gone Now there's this like sphere of like power That Ooh, I like that Yeah, it's a sphere of power that Sounds cool Yeah uh, Sphere of power, it is pretty cool yeah. copyright pen um oh they, man yeah
1: i missed out i fucked up yeah you i did. shouldn't have said anything
0: Should, yeah dude sorry yeah that's modernity sorry. for you oh <laughs> damn yeah so anyway no wonder you have tenure yeah dude obviously so he uh she um uh this is what's that's what sucks about philosophy <laughs> uh is that i i just slipped up and said uh he instead of she because there's so many dudes who fucking do this bullshit. Yeah. And she's the first one to... Not the first one, but she's a very influential one.
1: And also, as we've covered in previous episodes... Yeah, I'm a
0: virulent uh, hateful uh, misogynist. Yeah,
1: Hateful right. misogynist. Which is, which is a little bit odd. But, you know, mm-hmm. just how you were raised is no big deal. Yeah, it's
0: how I was raised. Your father... By my mother. <laughs> do, you remember,
1: do you remember the day that your father took you aside? Mm-hmm. He said, Ben, come with me. You said, Okay. Uh He took you on top of a a hill.
0: I don't remember this part. In Maryland, where Mm -hmm. you're from. Yeah, the one hill that we have in Maryland. A
1: horrible state of Maryland. (laughs) A truly terrible state. And if you're from there, stop listening to this podcast, because we don't need your support. (laughs) He took you on top of the hill. He showed you the town. And he said, Ben, don't ever trust women. Do you remember when he did that? No, I don't. It's weird. I, it really, because you told me that it happened.
0: Really? Because I seem and, to remember and, that you were there, and uh, I thought no, you said that. No, no, no. you and said then, that. And then after yeah. that was done, you
1: said, Papa? I don't know why I said that. You said, I've never called my dad Papa. Why not? <laughs> once in both of our lives. That's weird. I thought you did. And then you said, I won't. And then that informed your whole hate-filled, horrible worldview. World world yeah. yeah. Which is very sad. And um, when the people at Princeton find out about this, yeah, it's gonna they're going to be furious. All
0: right. So rent. Basically says that modernity has changed something fundamentally and <laughs> uh, and has allowed for this for for three things to happen one is uh as as people are kind of trying to like f- form their identities in this new social sphere mm-hmm. they're uh they're using a lot of different like ways to identify themselves or distinguish themselves from other people yes, and this is sort of like what Uh, there's a bit of what Nietzsche talks about where like I remember him. Yeah. Where um German
1: guy, kind of a downer?
0: German guy, big downer. Yeah. uh, I remember him. Smashed once, got syphilis from it, died. (laughs) I love that. That makes me so happy. (laughs) That's how
1: he died. He fucked once and died immediately.
0: Yeah, not immediately. (laughs) Slowly over slowly (laughs) over over several years. Yeah, over several decades. It's actually the exact opposite. Yeah. Um But Nietzsche talked about how like, you know, since God is dead, there's nothing to justify our moral codes anymore. Yes. Um, and so poor god. Yeah. <laughs> just got just got murked. Murked, real yeah. bad. So murked. Yeah. And uh Arendt is basically saying kind of the same thing that like because of the industrial revolution and modernity in general, uh we've lost a lot of our like traditions of how society should be organized and now people are trying to f- scrambling to figure out way- different ways to to like, you know, justify their states or their cities or their uh, you know Ethnicities or whatever What do you, like, what however do you mean they, However they Whatever communities They, they identify with
1: what, what do you mean They have to justify it I don't understand that
0: Well so they have to ju- They have to use A new way of justifying it By like saying Oh we're racially pure Or oh we're You know uh, we, we base our um, What's it called Our lineage or something From like the church Or we have some sort of Blessing from the pope Wow, Like that sort of uh, Justification Or or we're the most progressive or you know, or were the uh, the most like, handsome, the, or were the most handsome people? That's yeah, you and sure, me. you and me, the Dean Bros. So, right. So hold on, why is it the Dean Bros? <laughs> because I'm older, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but I'm longer. I bet anyway. I'm more
1: experienced than you. I've experienced more life than you. have. <laughs> so not a big deal.
0: So basically, anyway, you you've not experienced more. more I'm older life. than you by like. By like six months. Yeah. Well,
1: look, Ben, when you were just
0: actually more like a year, like a full year. Yeah,
1: Ben, when you were just a a gleam in your father's eye before he just unloaded into your mom and created you. Back, you know, I was I was already alive. I was walking (laughs) around, taking meetings, learning. You were not walking
0: around. That's for goddamn sure. How do you
1: know? How could you possibly know?
0: You were born eleven months before I was. Yeah. All right. So. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I learned to walk when I was like six weeks, dude. I fucking... I was a cool kid.
0: Big well, deal. that's the last time you were ever cool.
1: My point is that, <laughs> you know, I you're a lot younger than me. And, you know, you're kind of like a young whippersnapper that, you know, mm-hmm. I you educate.
0: Yeah, I'm a wunderkind.
1: Yeah. So, the point is that
0: we're the Dean bros. <laughs> well, yeah, fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know be. Um. Basically, all right. So, so... Arendt is saying that now people are trying to, like, justify, like, how their states or how their communities, um, you know, should be organized or how how they distinguish themselves from other people. And one of the biggest things in Europe was uh, (laughs) anti-Semitism. Yeah.
1: That is such a weird way to put it. Yeah. So one of the biggest things in Europe, just one of the biggest things in general.
0: It was one of the biggest things in general. They just loved it. So the thing is, is that so anti-Semitism was a thing in Europe for a long ass time. Um, a long-ass time. A long-ass time. It's
1: like a long-ass time, bro. These bros hated
0: Jew bros forever, bro. Yeah, these bros hated Jew bros. Jew bro. <laughs> but also, like, the Jew bros didn't make it super easy because the Jew bros, like, being hyper-aware of being isolated yeah. in this, like, new environment. Okay, so you have to remember that uh, the Jews, you know, in Palestine, they were kicked out uh, by the Romans in, in, I forget what year exactly, but, uh, like, really early on in the, like, first century. Yeah. They kicked AD, them out. Yeah, basically, so there's this thing called the Jewish... Di- out. The Jewish diaspora. They showed up and they went, hey, Jews, yeah. get out! Well, basically, the Romans were like, you can get out! And uh, the Jews were like, all right. So <laughs> so they all left and they dispersed. Uh, that's why It's called the diaspora. It's like Latin for dispersion. Yeah. For dispersal. Um, and so they went all over Europe. They formed their own communities there. But called, they the called the Cholaks. Called the Cholocks. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, oh, oi, uh, we got to figure out how to like survive around here and some people some places were cooler <laughs> than others at the time but then,
1: <laughs> i'm just i'm dying thinking about the romans going get out and then them leaving they
0: just going boy that's nowhere to go we have to go somewhere else <laughs> and so they went to yeah so they went to europe oh man and uh and, big mistake well yeah and so long long term <laughs> yeah yeah not a good well. not a good plan um but what they did was yeah so they kind of Settled in different communities all over Europe. Yes. Um, they were hyper aware of being like kind of outsiders because everyone else was Christian. Um, and there was already this kind of antagonism between Christianity and Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, it, was, it wasn't based on anything like racial or anything like that. It was just based on like, oh, well, you misinterpreted these scriptures. Or like, oh, you don't think that you're it's – it's so bizarre. Because it's like the Christians are basically like, you're the Jewish guy that we follow. You don't like him. So, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And the Jews are like, well, the Jewish guy that you follow uh, is a fucking charlatan and a snake oil salesman. Yeah. And fuck, fuck you, And fuck you. Uh, I, just, I just love the idea it. of us boiling down the, the problems the, between... The millennia-long rift between Judaism <laughs> and Christianity. I love that, yeah. that
1: you've, you've distilled that too fuck me? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, fuck basically, you. Basically, it's fuck me? No, no, no. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so so that was like a thing for a long time and it sort of ebbed and flowed. It wasn't as severe in some times than it was in others. Uh and it sort of kinda got slowly better as we head to the Enlightenment. Yeah. Um but uh I fucking love the Enlighten. I fucking love the Enlightenment, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I
1: fucking love the Enlightenment. Why? It's just everyone was kicking ass and uh-huh. working hard oh, yeah? and they're they? just learning stuff and I creating bet. things. Sure. You know? The bow and arrow. Yeah. Uh, the Bronze Age. I name, fucking love that shit.
0: Name one uh, historical event that <laughs> that was a consequence of the Enlightenment.
1: Oh, Lou Gehrig. <laughs> he played a bunch of uh, baseball games in a row, and Cal Ripken. Yeah, it, 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 defeated that streak from your home state of fucking yeah. Maryland. Well, I don't know if he's Omar from more Oriole. Balmoral. Balmoral.
0: Balmoral, Balmoral, Cal Ripken. Hey, honorable let's <laughs> go see the Baltimore memorials hey, don't, don't fucking talk shit about Cal Ripken, all right? I love Cal <laughs> Ripken. Don't ever, don't ever talk shit about him, all right? Orioles. So, when Ben gets really intense, his
1: shitty Maryland accent comes out. It's, it's pretty
0: nuts. All right, shut up. Yeah. Um. So now I will. <laughs> I will shut up. I know you won't. Um. So, uh, anti-Semitism kind of becomes like an ideology. Yes. Uh, sort of after the enlightenment before it was just an issue of like, Oh, we don't like Jews because they don't believe what we believe. And Jews were like, Oh, we don't believe, or we don't like Christians because, uh, they're, you know, they're not chosen. They're like these fucking Gentiles who just like stole part of our religion. Yeah. Um, Tomato, 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 tomato. And then all of a sudden after the enlightenment, people were really trying to identify with something more pure because God was gone. Uh, oh, yeah, we covered that. Yeah, so people decided... Death of God. Yeah, people decided, well, the uh, on anti-Semitism as a potential way to distinguish our uh, like, society from, like, okay, we have these G- people who are Jews, they're like, these outsiders, and not only do they not believe the same things we do, but they're actually, like, racially and, like, fundamentally, on a, on a totally existential level, different people than we are. Hmm. They don't count as humans, they're, they'll never be part of our society, we'll never let them assimilate, they're totally different. Uh, and they're going to be they're a problem, and we have to deal with this problem somehow. Weird that you're just
1: quoting directly from your diary. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's just what you wrote. Yeah, yeah, it's called Mind Comp Two. Yeah, the Cholak Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two mind, two comp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, that was pretty good. I copyright that. That's funny. It's um, a good thing. So, say. so Arend says that this is like one. Uh, like, one stream of, like, thought or logic in in Western culture that leads to totalitarianism. The other is imperialism. Imperialism is this big thing that happened (laughs) where basically all of these, like, rich European countries like England and France and, to a lesser extent, Germany um, just started, like, expanding across the world and trying to promote progress and this idea that the more money we make and uh, the more resources we can, like, extract from the earth and the more products we can build and distribute across the planet, um, you know, we need, we need land for that. And we have to, uh, you know, identify our mission as a country or as an empire, right? The British did this, the French did this, the United States did this, too, um, with Manifest Destiny and, you know, conquering Hawaii and shit like that. Uh, starting the Spanish-American War for literally no reason. Just no reason. No reason. Just yeah, so we could, that's crazy. Yeah, just so we could get Puerto Rico and build a canal across Panama. Like, we're all, the United States is like an imperialist country. We, we all, you know, participated in imperialism. And the idea was we need to kind of extend our influence across the biggest swaths of the planet that we can so we can keep on maintaining this, uh, basically, control of, of, you know, accumulating wealth, distributing products, uh, like, you know, disseminating our culture. It's this kind of like weird, almost virus-level drive to, to, you know, promote a nation's power or yeah. an empire's power. Um, so she said that both of these strands finally came to a head with totalitarianism in the 20th century. And you see this happen with not only Nazism, but Stalinism. And she says basically that uh, like Nazism used anti-Semitism or this hatred of Jews uh, as a proxy for consolidating their power among non-Jewish Germans and then building this society off of there. That's not really even based on racial purity anymore. It's actually more based on like just power and control. Hmm. And like we're going to govern every aspect of your life uh, we're gonna make sure that uh, you think the way that we want want you to think. That you, uh, you know, have the jobs that we want you to have. Like every single aspect of private life, up to public life, is controlled by the by the totalitarian government. And then with Stalinism, it's different, but the proxy was different. Uh, or sorry, the, and with Stalinism, the 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 effect was the same, but the, the proxy was different. The proxy in that case was class warfare. And so basically, they said anybody who is not who who doesn't identify with the communist party or with Marxist principles or with um, the idea of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know distributing the product of, of your labor across uh-huh. the entire society. Whatever Marxist philosophy was, they distorted it and said, now we can make this division between us and them. And them is anybody who's like considered a capitalist or a, uh, or a class trader or something like that.
1: Man, it sucks that people distort all this shit yeah it makes everyone look bad it does
0: it really kind of ruined our boy nietzsche yeah it ruined our boy nietzsche yeah nazism destroyed nietzsche yeah and uh stalinism destroyed marx yeah their reputations and they're both really fucking nuanced and smart philosophers and everything's ruined everything's ruined people like you you tanky son of a bitch
1: me you but anyway so um (laughs) wow so so what are her like so she's talking about that kind of shit what else is she gonna do
0: Well, the other thing that she's into is, it all kind of comes, it's all wrapped together in the same, like, schematic. Uh, So, her views on totalitarianism stem from her ideas about, like, okay, so if we're going to get into this, this is actually pretty cool. Hell yeah. Uh, So, she is, kind of, kind of comes from the existentialist tradition of philosophy, but she's not totally in that realm. And what is that? So existentialism is a school of philosophy that started, sort of started in the in the nineteenth century. Really became popular in the twentieth century. Uh, Nietzsche is considered a forefather of um, of existentialism. So is this guy named Kierkegaard, Soren Kierkegaard. Oh yes, you heard of that guy? I have. Yeah, so he's kind of uh, he's a uh, someone who's influenced it. Uh, P- the most famous existentialist are Sartre, uh, Jean Paul Sartre is a. The French dude who uh, wrote—he wrote like being a nothingness. He said hell is other people. Uh, oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah he's, I've heard he that. basically he sat at cafes in Paris and smoked cigarettes and banged broads. Um, Dang, this guy fucking rules. Yeah, which is just baffling because he's the ugliest motherfucker I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. He's so ugly. He's really ugly. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like a goddamn toad. Um, but well,
1: sometimes that works to your Well, advantage. he's very
0: charming. Yeah. yeah um there's this other guy named martin heidegger
1: yeah this fucker
0: have you heard of him before yes i don't
1: know anything about him
0: all right so i don't really like him but <laughs> really <laughs> not really but uh he did heavily influence hannah arendt and actually this is where it gets kind of kind of crazy and like a little um uh gossipy
1: okay well oh yeah this, gossip? Is kinda, this
0: is pretty juicy fellas
1: strap in it's time for the gossip
0: zone with ben Cholock. So the gossips, the philosophy gossip zone. It's like TMZ for philosophy. Philosophy zone.
1: Philosophers, of zone. Just to stop.
0: I, I already got it. <laughs> so Heidegger and Hannah Arendt. Yes. They so she like studied under him while she was at the University of Marburg, and Marburg. Yeah, don't worry about the name of it. They're all they're all in Berg. It's all German, but uh, uh, Heidelberg and Arendt, they smashed. How do you know? It's, it's known. It's well known. Whoa. They used to smash. Um, and then, so here's what's even fucking crazier. So Arendt was Jewish, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Heide- uh, Heidegger, um, like, <laughs> basically, like, so when the Nazis took over, yeah, uh, they said anyone who's like a Jewish professor or, or academic, yeah. they, they were all fired. You got to go. Yeah, you got to go. You
1: got to go, folks.
0: Um, And so a lot of, like, non-Jewish German academics, when they saw, like, all of their colleagues, like, get kicked out, they all, a lot of them, like, quit, you know, in protest with them, or they, like, sent these letters, or being like, you know, this is unacceptable, you can't do this, like, these are whatever. Heidegger didn't do that. Heidegger was a piece of shit Nazi motherfucker collaborator. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, Heidegger.
0: Yeah. He, Man, I
1: liked him. You you talking about him smashing this lady? I was like, he's So that's what's a cool so guy. weird.
0: It's like a Romeo and Juliet thing kind of. Because he was basically a Nazi and she was Jewish. Whoa. And they were like f- kind of in love for a while. Yeah. Um, But he was like, basically it was, you know, I wouldn't say totally that he was like an anti-Semite or he was a Nazi or anything like that. But he was a coward. He was definitely a coward. <laughs> um, um he's not a Nazi, but he's a coward. No, he's a fucking coward for sure. He wanted to preserve his um he wanted to preserve his own professional career. And to do that at the time, he had to like basically endorse Nazism so he could stay at his post at the university. And Hannah Arendt was like really fucking betrayed by this. Yeah, well, well I'll say <laughs> and uh like asked him to say like yes or no like are you a nazi and he responded with a letter that said that never confirmed or denied that he was a nazi what but said don't worry i don't think of you any differently i still like you basically whoa uh so so he's a gentleman is what you're saying no he was a fucking coward piece of shit
1: oh well i misinterpreted it.
0: anyway Heide- heidegger sucks fuck heidegger yeah fuck you heidegger yeah you broke her heart bitch. too you know broke broke this poor woman's heart it's been woman's through heart. enough yeah but anyway, she was influenced by, um, uh, by him and by this general tradition of existentialism. Okay. Heidegger's sort of included in that, even though he hated the term. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, and so because she was associated with existentialism, she was f- focused with like our subjective uh, experience. Of life, of like how we, how we, so existentialism is, ba- is basically like you, you define yourself not by any sort of essence, but just how you live, how how you, you know, experience your day to day life, the choices that you make is really important. Yeah, um, all that stuff. Um, so with Arendt, she, uh, she focused more on that perspective, but how it applied to political issues, and so she came up with these ideas of like, you know, the difference between the public and the private. And how the social sphere is interrupting it. Uh, She came up with this three this three tiered system of like how we act, which is uh, there's labor, there's work, and there's action. This is actually pretty important. Labor, she says, is just the things that we do to sustain ourselves, just start you know our own life, Uh, you know, making sure we get something to eat, making sure we have shelter, all that shit. Uh, And then she says, work, work is the projects that we take take on okay um for whatever reason whether it's for utility whether it's for our own personal fulfillment so it could be anything from like making a tool or or constructing a website or uh creating a work of art like anything that we do for just you know whatever to change our world change our environment to suit us building a house or something like that fucking a nazi I mean why uh, would we even listen to this weird.
1: lady? I mean this lady to Nazi. I mean
0: why why She was also like 21 years old when this happened. Uh, yeah, I was 21. I didn't fuck a Nazi. Did you? <laughs> uh No. Well, remember that time that uh I fucked you? I'm not a Nazi. We never had sex. Well, but anyway, I'm a Nazi. And and I I, <laughs> I'm a Nazi. I'm a Nazi. Um so no, not <laughs> not really. So here's the thing. She um and then so, le- right, the last part of that is action. And then action is the most important, most human activity we can do because that's where we uh, enact things in, in, like, a political sphere.
1: Actions speak louder than words.
0: Yeah, that's actually good.
1: Yeah, write that down. All right. Just a little, a little, some wisdom that I'm imparting to our listening audience. Actions speak louder than words.
0: Right. but well, So here's the thing, though. Uh, Bruce Wayne said that. <laughs> Arendt says that speech... And speech acts are included within action. Okay. So s- speech is just as powerful as action, but it's all action. Yes. But the thing about action is that that's the thing that that um that allows you to exercise your freedom and to disclose yourself as an individual, to assert your individual nature. And she says that action can only be possible in certain political environments, and it's not it's not available, or it's not an option in totalitarianism. There's no such thing as action in totalitarianism because it governs every aspect of your life that you can't act in any meaningful way. The pen there. is mightier than the sword. <laughs> what do you say to that? That's um, it's kind of what we're talking about right now. I guess. I mean, that's also just a very broad statement, and so it's hard to say whether that's true or not. No, it's true. Okay, <laughs> we've proven
1: it. So to, to 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 wrap up with her, she's saying, "This whole modern thing, mm-hmm. not really my bag."
0: Well, it's not so much that it's not my bag; it's just that modernity and its its logical conclusion, which was totalitarianism, dang, uh, has left us with just left us kind of in this position where we don't we have no idea how to deal with history anymore. We don't know what traditions to consider good, what traditions we consider bad, uh, like, all this shit we can't, we can't really tell anymore. So now, well, her mission basically was to try to figure out a way to, like, so all, everything that happened in the 20th century mm-hmm. is unprecedented. There's no way to analyze it. There's no way to account for it. So we need a new way of thinking about how society can be structured. Huh. Basically, she's yeah. like, humanity did this thing in the 20th century which was fought two world wars that destroyed generations. Uh yeah. we in the process of World War II developed a weapon that can destroy all of humanity. Um World War II also led to these totalitarian regimes that uh industrialized murder. Uh stress me out. Yeah. She's like we like think when we think about those things, it's hard to wrap our brains around it. We have no idea how to interpret it. Uh and so she says that there, we need a new way to kind of realize that we are capable of these horrible, horrible things, uh, but we're also capable of good, and we have to be able to separate the two. And she says modernity led to a lot of good things, but we need to like not, I guess, idolize anyone, anyone like tradition or ideology. We need to be able to take things piecemeal and say this thing's good, this thing's good, this thing's bad, this thing's bad. Yeah um and then continue from there
1: uh anything else we need to discuss with her um let me ask you this scale of one to five dean mans mm -hmm. what do you give her her philosophy
0: uh i give her like 4.5 dean mans
1: four and a half dean mans yeah four and a half
0: dean mans unprecedented yeah she's got some so she she's part of a tradition that i don't really like engage with a lot which is what well, existentialism and phenomenology. Yeah. And, you, and also continental philosophy in general. Well, continental. I mean, fucking forget it. Well, we'll we can talk about that in another episode the yeah. difference between analytic and continental philosophy. Sure. But, um, but I like her the most out of um, like 20th century political philosophers. Really? Yeah. I think she's fucking rad. She
1: seems pretty cool. Oh, fuck. Well, oh, here's
0: a I, I totally forgot. There's an awesome uh, idea she came up with, which is really kind of chilling and fucked up venmo (laughs) she came up with venmo she came up with with venmo weird no um she uh have you heard of the phrase the banality of evil
1: yes about uh nazis
0: yeah she came up with that that's hers
1: that's and that's the thing about people well you can do it okay
0: yeah so real quick the uh the context for that is she wrote a really uh important book called eichmann in jerusalem which was, it started as a series of articles for the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. But basically what happened was, Adolf Eichmann was the guy who, he's called the architect of the Holocaust. Yeah. He's the guy who basically like logistically figured out like how to move people using like rail systems, setting mm-hmm. up all these factories, gas chambers, all that shit. Like he, he like designed the whole apparatus. Yeah. Uh, in 1960, the Israeli government caught him in Argentina, go figure. They all went to Argentina. Yeah, they all went to Argentina. It's It's really weird. weird. Yeah, Um, the the yeah the The Israelis. What's that?
1: Weather's nice there.
0: I guess yeah. Um, The uh, the Israelis like found him. They like tracked him down, brought him back to Jerusalem, and tried him uh, for you know being the orchestrator of the Holocaust. (laughs) And uh, Hannah Arendt was you know hired by the New Yorker to write like a, a profile of him and also just kind of like documenting the trials. And, uh, in the process of it, she kind of got to know him and like learned a lot about him. And he turned out to be this really kind of like nerdy, like bureaucratic, just like nebbishy dude. Yeah. He, like is not, he's not like this evil guy in the way that you'd think of evil as like, he's not like a lunatic. He doesn't have like messed up hair and he's yeah. not, like, you know, announces his plans and laughs maniacally. Like, yeah, yeah laughs maniacally. He's like, he he's like an accountant basically. Weird. He's like your lawyer or, uh. Or uh, like, or Tim the cat, you know, like, uh, just unsuspecting, but capable of so much evil. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tim is troubled. And so she comes up with this thing called, well, how could someone like this, this, like, nebbishy little dude, be the, the main architect of, like, one of the m- most horrendous catastrophes of the 20th century? Mm-hmm. She says, well, it's because he just got into this position where he stopped thinking of, in terms of right and wrong and was just thinking of, like... Efficiency, and you know how to do his job the best way he can, and like not thinking of these deeper questions, uh, and the, and so she came up with the this notion of the banality of evil, and that's the thing that we have to be afraid of the most, are the people not who not people like Trump, who are, you know, bombastic and can't stop tweeting, and are like just like fucking over the top personalities. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. You have to you have to worry about people like Paul Ryan, who, is like, you know, not very. Uh, uh, you know charismatics necessarily doesn't really have a lot to say but is in this position of power where he can just like be he could could murder tons of people and just goes along with it yeah huh Um, yeah the banality of evil is basically like you know anybody can become evil and it's because of the system that you place yourself and if you stop kind of dissociating yourself from the system as an individual and just consider yourself a cog in this bigger machine then you'll, you'll be an instrument of evil yikes even if you don't mean it huh. that's the banality of evil
1: whoa and that was her
0: yeah that was her she came that's up with crazy
1: that. i didn't know that she came up with that i've heard of that phrase many many times
0: yeah and that was all her mm-hmm. hell yeah you did good yeah she's tight i, li- I like hannah rent a lot four and a half dean mans four and a half dean mans yeah it's pretty high grade yeah the pop daddy seal of approval <laughs>
1: One day, we're going to have to explain what a pop daddy is, and no one's going to listen to this podcast no one's like it. So we'll never say what it is. We you just know not say what it is. We've said it, said it without this podcast. Ask me in person, because we'll never say it in this podcast, <laughs> what a pop daddy is. It's a gross school of thought that Ben came just up stop with. stop right now. Yeah. It's very disgusting. <laughs> uh, ben, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. This is the end of the episode. You're on Twitter. I am on Twitter. Tell people why they should follow you on Twitter.
0: Well, uh... Give me an
1: elevator pitch.
0: I have, uh, some great jokes that i write on there uh one of which is uh uh my my dick has two flavors piss and cum. Oh
1: what the fuck
0: yeah that's why it's an award-winning joke i uh pitched it to lauren michaels and he loved it
1: that's the grossest thing i've ever heard in my life yeah <laughs> i mean i
0: oh anyway it. follow me at gristle porn that's g-r-i-s-t-l-e-p-o-r-n disgusting at gristle porn
1: i went to princeton Pat, what's your filth that you put out in the world? What's
0: yours? Does the world need
1: more filth? What's your Twitter? Porn the Ben, it does. <laughs> Piss and come, real nice Ben.
0: The two different flavors of my dick.
1: Yeah, I know. I heard you. <laughs> uh, yeah, my Twitter's at Pat Dean. Uh-huh. I don't talk about any gross things like that. I just talk about cool, uplifting, fun things. Yeah. So check us both out. Cool. on twitter.com uh, thanks for listening to this podcast and Ben they can, they can actually follow us on Instagram and Twitter right
0: oh yeah so we uh, we have our own Twitter uh, it's uh, at I Learn Nothing Instagram at I Learn Nothing podcast I will find the motherfucker who took I Learn Nothing and I will kill him yeah you're dead puto yeah but at Instagram for now uh, we're gonna
1: find you in Argentina and then kick your
0: ass at, I'm gonna hire the Mossad to find you <laughs> I swear to god at I Learn Nothing podcast <laughs> we have
1: them on retainer yeah we
0: have the Mossad on retainer <laughs> they hunt nazis bitch you think we won't find you we We will will. find you
1: so easily and then i'm gonna kick you in the stomach
0: as hard as i can so hard and miss then you fall down benjamin netanyahu's gonna laugh he's gonna like "Uh, uh, uh, we found him okay (laughs) why Why is he dracula (laughs) that's what he sounds like all israelis sound like dracula (laughs) um you can find us on facebook uh just uh search i learned nothing (laughs) And we have a website where you can find our bios. Our bios are on We have there. our bios. You we can read about bios. me and Pat. Uh, I learn learned nothing um, And also subscribe to iTunes. Uh, you know, download that shit. And also write reviews and tell us how amazing we are.
1: Yeah, and also God bless the United States of America and fuck you.
0: Fuck you. Bitch. I uh-huh.